Welcome to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. I'm Rebecca Plum, your big sister. And I'm Sean Serha, your GBF. We're not that hot or that young. But we believe it's a state of mind that helps us build adaptable and profitable businesses. We rely on the support of our design besties to get through each day. So let's explore the emotional, practical, and humorous sides of being interior designers. Welcome to the club. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? Honestly, I have no idea which way's up, what day it is. It's a travel vortex. We're coming to you hot out of high hot out of high point. Okay, yeah, (laughs) maybe not hot, not that hot. Lukewarm pizza left on the counter for a couple hours. Holy moly! Yeah, and somebody overheated it in the microwave, and then it got cold again. That's kind of how I feel. Wait, the worst pizza, worst pizza ever. You microwave it too long, and so instead of it being like chewy, it gets like crunchy, chewy, like dry, Uh chewy. But not crispy. Now ruined. Toss it in the trash. Like basically <laughs> where I'm at right now. <laughs> where that that's how we are. Yeah. So over okay, I don't want to sound like a negative Nelly at all. Like we had a fantastic time in High Point. Absolutely. Like it was but it was almost like this is kind of how I felt like coming back from Paris. Like it was so overwhelming with beauty and deliciousness and fun that it was like kind of hard to process it in real time. Does that make sense? Yeah, because, excuse me, museum fatigue is like a real thing and beauty fatigue and inspiration fatigue. Like it's all... just your regular garden variety fatigue. (laughs) Not sleeping and walking 12,000 steps a day. Just regular exhaustion on top. Like, I'm not, speaking for myself, I am not the vision of physical fitness. So <laughs> right. going to High Point definitely challenges all of that. And in such a good way, because we were like, but one more building, but one more showroom, but one more Yeah, like everything. it's totally worth it. You don't just want to go sit in your hotel room at all. So, and I came into it like coming off of a cold. So my voice has not fully recovered as the vocal fry as evident. But anyway, like it's a lot, but it's worth it. And it was so good. We're going to keep encouraging all of you hotties who are a little nervous to make it happen. We just need to find out whatever they're pumping into Madonna to keep her up on stage every other night for four nights in a row. Like we need to, what is that? How do we get that? Michael Jackson might tell you not to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, too too soon? Not, I don't know. No. Okay, so we did stuff a little bit differently. We brought our little microphone setup. We brought multiple microphone setups. We did what the microphones we normally use to record episodes, but we brought them and got to do some stuff in person, which you're going to hear in a little bit. We also brought some little like test pair with your phone stuff so we could get some stuff kind of on the streets. And those, you know, so you'll hear some differences when that happens. Yeah. So to set this up, we had a really great opportunity because, you know, now we have press badges <laughs> rolling like that. So we had a great opportunity to chat with the folks at Forehands who I don't know about you all, but I 
I, I'm a, I stand for four hands. I buy a lot of their stuff. And I just really admire them from a marketing standpoint and mm-hmm. love and ease of use website situation. And I think if anybody's going to have their fingers on the pulse of something, it's likely to be a brand like Forehand. So that was really great that we got some time to sit down and talk with them. Non-sponsored. This is- Non-sponsored, but like full party mode in the sh- You can hear just the excitement and the like the the energy of the showroom in in our little snippet that we captured here. Well, hopefully our editors can dim that out a little bit. Okay. But we'll see. Yeah. So, and after we talked to them, we did get a sneak peek at the new website that they talk about. We talk about in the in, in the questions with them and it's, they, they just leveled up to another level. So it's Back all at it again. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Throw it to the showroom. To the showroom we go. So, hey, hotties, we're here at Four Hands today, and we have some special guests with us. If you wouldn't mind introducing yourselves to our listeners. Sure. My name's Adam Dunn, and I'm the VP of Design for Four Hands. And I'm Josh Jarbo, the VP of Sales. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking some time with us. I know that the listeners will really appreciate it. Um, could you maybe start tell a little bit to designers about what they could expect to see from material and style and where your eye as a designer is coming in You know, as you look ahead into 2024? Sure, there are. This market specifically, we have so many great new stories that have launched. We're doing a couple of cool collaborations with Thomas Bina and Ronald Sasson. We also have Van Teel. And so these are collections that we've done in the past, but we're bringing them back out again and we're really excited. Materials are super important to us. You'll see a lot of cracked woods, reclaimed materials, lots of heavy cast glass, and tons of texture from textiles all the way to our artwork. So I'm curious as a designer who loves to design with color, like I saw you have a few like new colorways coming, coming, but like for the past few years, there's been a lot of neutrals. I'm sure like they sell better, (laughs) but do you see like colorful upholstery coming on the horizon or adding like color to furniture pieces? Yeah, I think, I think color is really important. We do a lot of color in art for us as a brand. That's where it's more absorbable. But I think right now people, you're in like one of two boats right now, right? You either are going maximalism, I think, and people are going towards color to make them happy, or you want restorative and serene and neutrals, right? My home's a little more restorative. Personally, I'm a black and brown guy, but I think color is super important. But I think there's a new set of neutrals, right? It's rust, it's navy, it's green. Those colors to me feel like they're being really easily adopted and they feel just like the new set of neutrals. Colors from nature. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you share a little bit with us about what you see impacting the industry or even supply chain and how that's going to change what you guys are doing or even what designers should be looking out for to plan their businesses better? Sure. I think, um, I think as a designer, I think you have to think about the way that people are living and that's really shifted. So I think from that perspective with COVID, there's been like a mass migration of activities back to the house again. And so people are just living totally differently. They're entertaining at home. They're gathering at home. The types of materials and products that they need to kind of have all of those people there are changing too. So I think looking for understanding how your customer or your your client wants to live makes a really big difference. From like a supply chain perspective, I think it was a struggle over the past few years, specifically, you know, with manufacturing delays, but also shipping. Shipping became a really big it's issue. Huge. Yeah. It was huge. And they were doing like blank sailings. And so finding containers were a big struggle. That's really evening out now. 
So when you're coming into forehand specifically, we're in stock of what we're introducing or it will be in our warehouse within 30 to 45 days. Do you have an idea like on how much of your inventory is sort of in stock or going to be in stock in a short period that designers can plan out how they're planning their orders or things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now for all of our... So we rank our items based off of like sales rate, right? And so all of our A and AA products, which are our best sellers, the most popular pieces, right now they're 60% in stock. And then in the next 30 to 45 days, we'll be 85% in stock. So there is a lot for customers to buy. And artwork specifically is made on demand. So that's always available within 14 days. I really love... So you guys are always just like the top... I guess, website, like you guys really have nailed the tuck of it all. And like, we talk about um, workflow a lot and just kind of we're solopreneurs. So like, we appreciate like vendors that are giving us an assist with our businesses. So I, I don't know what you, what you guys can talk about, but I heard last market that you have some more upgrades coming into the website. What can be expected? Yeah, well, that's, thank you. We have actually a brand new website that is launching at the beginning of November. So it's not, it's, it's more than an upgrade on the existing one. It's a ground up redo. So on our brand new website launching in November, you'll see additional features specifically catered towards the design community to give you all of the information that you need right at your fingertips without having to make a phone call or reach out to anybody at all. So specifically like the product details page, you'll see tons more information there as we field calls and understand every tiny little detail measurement that you need to make an easy choice. So the shopping experience should be world-class, just as good as any. We, We are a B2B company, but it should be just as good as, if not better than a B2C experience. What about samples? So, so for textile samples, we're in a pilot program right now with a new third-party provider. The ultimate goal is once we get through the pilot and figure everything out, you will be able to self-shop samples online. Okay. Because I know you can get them now, but it's a little complex and hard for it, your reps. It, it has been a pain point and we've <laughs> taken the feedback. So it's, a, it's been a years-long process. But we are getting there with the ultimate experience being self-shopping. Amazing. Is there any timeline that... We're in, well, I mean, we're in about, yeah, right? It's developing, you know, we can't make it happen fast enough for anybody, ourselves included. We're in about the second month of the pilot with a smaller group of customers. So it should be, you know, certainly within the next handful of six months. I can't say for sure, but but it's happening, I promise. It takes a lot to move a really big project like that. So I, I think like a lot of designers underestimate how much work and effort goes into making something like that work smoothly for everybody. That's right. They just don't. They think, why can't it just be easy? You guys already have materials. It's not that easy. It's really no. Well, that's right. And I mean, our North Star is, off, is always the customer experience. So we're always wanting that customer experience to be as best and easy as possible. And the swatching program is a huge part of that. So... We're working on it, I promise. No, we appreciate it. I heard, I think your CEO was being interviewed once and said you guys are almost more of a tech company than furniture. Like you have more like developer, web developers than maybe like sales reps or. The, the, the IT so department huge. is quite large. That is, that lot. is true. We're constantly okay. investing in new technology. Well, you guys are already like above the rest in that department. So great. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Look how helpful. Yeah. <laughs> past, past Sean and Rebecca were so good. At the, right, guys? Special I, correspondence. Special correspondence. I don't know how to be a morning show host, but... <laughs> back back in back, the studio. Back to you in the studio. 
Exactly. Okay, so yeah, we did that. And then the next day we set up in the High Point Market Authority, gave us a nice little, actually it's like a really cool room, like this brick, cool space. Open loft apartment space that was just like, like 3,000 square feet just for us to sit in and record an episode. That was really nice and of them. And it only took me 45 minutes to figure out how to get all the tech set up, but I think we did it. Rebecca's not exaggerating, but we did have a really good time to like capture ideas in real time, which is always the hard part of High Point is like documenting Gosh. while it's fresh, while it's still happening. So if you ask us in another couple weeks, we might have some more stuff to add to this, but this was good to get our first assessments. And we're trying really hard to get it out to the hotties within a week of it happening. Okay. Back to High Point we go. Back we go. Hey, Sean. What's up, Rebecca? I love being a producer. (laughs) Y'all would have... We should have been filming the outtakes of Rebecca trying to record on her tablet. (laughs) Like... Goddamn. Okay. (laughs) Hi from High Point. Howdy, y'all. Live. We bring you... The spirit of hospitality. Okay, we are in High Point. We are on our third day here. Yeah, we're feeling punchy. Yeah, it's been a lot. I was. I got a lot of band aids on my feet. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. So it's okay, though. Like, it's, it is a bit of a workout, but it's worth it. What I was telling, I was telling someone else, I was like, when I took my shower this morning and I looked down at my calves, I was like, oh, like she got a little, like, Gym pump action from the last couple days. Like, I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Reminded me why I should maybe do a little more working out. (laughs) Don't sign me up for that. We get our whole, our annual (laughs) workout in five days at High Point. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Well, thank you to High Point Market. Yeah, they set us up in a nice room. Yeah. We're in a cute little, I mean, it's a really like old, this is my industrial loft. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, could you imagine having your studio in here? Brick walls, gorgeous, like old original windows, floors. It's, There's a lot of track lighting in here. Yeah, I could dim the lights, but it's okay. Okay, first off, thank you to all the hotties that made it out to a couple things. Our happy hour with Daniel House Club. And thank you to Daniel House Club and for co-hosting with us. Absolutely. And thank CFC you. CFC Furniture. Yeah. Like CSC made it really amazing for us. They did not sponsor this at all. Just, But they really went out of their way to make it really beautiful. The showroom was fantastic. They also combined a number of pieces from Noir. Because if you've been to High Point, you may have seen that the Noir showroom is a, a smaller showroom in the IHFC building. And so there were a lot of Noir pieces that were also in the CFC showroom. So that was a nice surprise too. Yes, and we weren't, you know, you never know when you send out an invitation who's actually going to show up. That's like always my anxiety of 13 going on 30. No one comes to your party. Literally RSVP'd for it. And I will still be like, but no one's going to come. I know, no. So thank you everyone who came. I think some hotties made friends and... I know. I want to hear all about your matchmakes that you did, everybody. So if you are like, hey, I did meet some great people and we're talking to each other, I would love to hear that. It's reassuring to us because we know that it's everyone's designer bestie is in limited supply. So we're hoping that some of you found some new, new friends and people to talk to. 
And then yesterday we had our first High Point Hotspot tour and we sold it out. <laughs> we are the only ones who did that, not well, to brag. Before market. I, th- I think they sold out after, but... I mean, sold out... To, no a, one free, had to, to a free tour. <laughs> <laughs> we sold out a free concert, y'all. I gave out free samples at Costco and I have none left. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, basically, but... We had 20-something and we toured three showrooms. We toured Nor- Norwalk Furniture, Jaipur Living. And, and Shuang Home. Shuang Home. Shuang. <laughs> um, which is this amazing vintage extravaganza. Oh, yes. And the girls, the girls were tired <laughs> at the end of that. That was only a half day. I mean, started at 9.30, but like... Around 1.30, everyone's, okay, I'm going to peel off. I have a few appointments. and But we still had a great time. We had a great time. We were really trying to talk about finding out ways that you can create customization and profitability with product, which is a huge incentive to come to market. So we... I don't know. I wish I wish we had gotten... It's like any party. It's like a wedding where you're like, well, we invited all of our favorite people and only talked to everyone for 1.2 seconds. I feel like... Yeah, but we've been here just walking around to our next thing. And every single time we're like running into somebody. Um, always say hi. Always say hi. Anyone a few listening? of you like apologized for interrupting or something, but no, no, no. Always say hi. We want to meet you. And we don't know. We don't know unless you say hi. Yeah. So, and Rebecca we... will stop me if I'm talking too much. So. I'll just like cup your... Sh- <laughs> the mom grab? Like I fingernails on the soft part of my arm? I just like cup just, the elbow. Okay. Hey, baby, we need to go now. Let's <laughs> I go. swear, I'm going to figure out some sort of shock collar. Just a low-key little vibrating... Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> vibrating bracelet or something. Maybe you just need to get an Apple Watch. That's uh, not going to happen. That's not my aesthetic, I but know. the shock collar, though. No, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so we, yeah, so we've been doing a lot of the business, but now we're in designer hat mode and starting to actually look at showrooms. And I feel like this is the first day that I've really been able to like stop, take pictures, get video of stuff that I would like to use for projects and create some of my dream. Like I, we were asked about this earlier, but it was that idea of like, when you find a thing that you fall in love with that you're like someone, I don't care who the hell I have to get this for, but one client is getting this at some point, and I'm going to pitch it until the one person finally says yes. It's like the Moby Dick. And I feel really like market is where I've been finding those really beautiful lights or great tables or pieces that I just know are going to make a room feel so special. And this is where I find them. And some of you are in major metropolitan areas that there are showrooms and different kinds of design centers. Um, and are I, they though? Because well, like, where are they? You They're have in, some. If you're I mean, in New York, I don't yes. have any. Sacramento has no, like, but arguably even Atlanta's presence isn't. I mean, sorry, Atlanta, but it's not great. There's not the the, the diversity of vendors. No, that you get. and just the rolling out brand new. So this is the first peak at a lot of stuff coming to High Point, especially I yeah. think fall market is when they tend to release a lot. There's it's so like much. the September issue of Vogue. That might be pretty accurate because I just don't feel like anywhere else is having it. Like you're not going to see it anywhere else first. Well, they save it for these big reveals and... Parties. So many parties. But Um, we've been having a really great time. This episode is really 
let's just tell you what we're seeing and yeah, keep an I, eye out for I stuff. I've taken some notes on trends, if you would. I have a, I have a few. So let's just talk about a few things that have been around and mm-hmm. if we're still seeing them. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Let's just talk about <laughs> the one, the white bouquet of it all. Oh, okay, we'll get it out of the way. She's still having her moment. She's still here, y'all. She doesn't take the hint. Okay, I think there's room for it still. Maybe not in the pure white or like solid cream. I personally, and this is something that's, I think, very much happening, is the 70s are having a renaissance. And mm-hmm. that, maybe it's not boucle, but it's like that nubby, oatmeal-y. Yeah. With like multi-variations. Even wovens where there's like plaid patterns was very 70s, but it feels yeah, almost contemporary like, now. Almost like a Chanel suit kind of a pattern. Right. But we're not getting those um, heavy, rusty, orange, greeny tones like a lot of 70s colors we're getting. We're getting a more like modern palette on them. So they feel kind of clean. Whites, grays, taupes, tans, The white blues, bouquet like, is still happening. I think there might be a lot of inventory. <laughs> <laughs> the mills gave them like 40 bolts of it and they have to use it all. But it's like, also like moving into a lot of different colorways, which I, I don't know. I I know it's like kind of... It's funny as I like... I Every designer feels a little bit differently about it, but I like I tech- just, Yeah, I like a mix of textures. So it's a texture to add to a room. I like texture. It's nice if it comes in different colors. Now, Sherpa, if you were like, show me, show me Sherpa. If you showed me Sherpa, Yes. I think it I think that looks beautiful on some pieces. I think the like longer sort of woolens in navies and chocolate brown. There's a lot of chocolate brown. I'm just not to divert the topic, but there's a lot of chocolatey tones. Like the seventies is really happening. But it feels so sumptuous. Like that that chocolatey color is just so deep and beautiful. And I so that was a that's a surprise for me. And I'm like jumping from Boutte to a Sherpa sort of textures. It's kind of interesting to see some longer fibers on upholstered goods that we normally would have just seen like velvet or linen kind of texture. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see a lot of fur. I thought that was like kind of done. But when I think about it, that was done a lot on like throws and pillows, but I'm seeing it on more chairs and sofas. It's not for me. I I mean, it's not for a sweaty environment, but they are so cozy. But what do you do in the summer? It's like... Put on the air conditioner. It's not for me. I don't know that it has a timelessness about some of it. But that's why I like an accent chair. It doesn't have to be forever. I mean, there's a lid for every pot. <laughs> right. I'm not... Or like a bedroom or something where you're like tending to be cozy. Maybe. And showered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think at first, I'll, it, it might look cute on someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's happening. And back to the chocolate. So Bobby Burke was the keynote speaker yesterday and he did a great Q&A and a little talk that's about mental health in his book. And he just, the fashion of it all, he was head to toe chocolate brown. Chocolate. Oh yeah, he served a monochromatic story. You said. Yeah, he was had a little cute, clingy chocolate top on, <laughs> pants, socks. He had that sheer... Bobby is a homosexual. <laughs> so can you calm down over there? He knows there, how to please? dress. <laughs> but he knows how to dress. 
You had a sheer had sock. A clingy, skin tight sweater. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> and matching shoes. It was like a Luke. A Luke. He was, I, I mean, he seems like he's genuinely. No, he was really, a, like, really nice. A rarity among many people is that he seems like a genuinely nice celebrity person, like an actual real person. And he was serving Luke's. 70 Brown, 70s Brown. 70s Brown is my new drag name, actually. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. I am actually a 70s Brown, so (laughs) well, half. Okay, so some notes. We've seen a lot of lighting, especially today, and something that I really am seeing pivoting away from the 70s is Art Deco. Yeah. Where were we? Visual Comfort had those like... Tassels. They were like golden... Gold gold pointy tassels. tassels. Oh, they're they were the so most beautiful cool. brass, though. And they also had that sort of like fluted repetition of shape, like the patterned, I don't know the word. It, it's almost like concentric those like, circle kind of. It's like the sun or something. They look like fixtures. You guys follow me on this. They look like fixtures you would see in old theaters. Uh-huh. Like in LA, it's the Pantages, but I feel like every city sort of has like that one. Box in Oakland or yeah, something. everybody has that one. Art Deco era theater that that has been restored or is beautiful, and I felt like some of these fixtures were pulling from that. And I'm even seeing like line, like sunburst kind of line work going through mm-hmm. medallions on the back of um, discussions, if you will. <laughs> so yeah, I think Art Deco is definitely having a moment, and a lot, a lot in the lighting, like just a lot of the shapes moving away from the globes as much. And some like oh yeah, we were in that phase of just like bars and globes for a long time. And they're still they're still around, but in new ways. Ooh, you know, it was so cool. You're gonna tell me. I'm still stuck in visual comfort, but those battery. Look, I am down to clown (laughs) with battery operated lamps. Yeah, they're like they're USB chargeable, like table lamps or small. They're, I'm not saying they're big. They're small because, yeah, it's going to power an LED. But when you pair it, nobody does. Look, we're not being paid by them. Nobody does brass like visual comfort. And, and dimmers, to, the switching on them. To have a chart, I think the general connotation is a chargeable lamp is going to be kind of a cheap, like you found it on Wayfair type of energy. So to have someone like visual comfort making something that looks really beautiful and is has a storage battery capability and a dimmer. And the price points were really good. Yeah, like 250 retail for a like some of beautiful lamp. Some of them are like little candlestick, like tiny lamps that you'd put like on the end of a bar. Like you see them in restaurants a lot or because you know when we go to Vegas, you see these just little like private, like they're like personal lamps. I Jake Arnold did a project where he had a lamp like that and they installed it into the counter and then they mounted the lamp because it's like not meant to move. Because they didn't have these chargeable ones. Well, but even then, I would still put, a if you really had a statement-making lamp and it was going to stay there forever, I would do that. I would love to have that there. But these would also be great on shelf, bookshelves. They had, shelves. They had a couple that were ceramic that were like little tiny lamps. Baby. Or some were like little globes, but they looked like objet. Like they were, I don't know, they're really interesting. Yeah. So I think, I mean, look, if here's what I'll say I love that trend because I love that homes 
don't always have outlets where you want them. They, you always have a, a couple little like corners that feel dark or shadowy and you want to do something. Or if you're just entertaining and you want to set up a little bar cart and do something, I love the idea of just let's put this over here. Yeah, like, somewhere like lanterns that you could take inside, outside. Or my full West Coast indoor outdoor lifestyle fantasy is like, oh my God, this is great to put outside to eat. Oh my God. Can you imagine? All the bugs. But not LED. Without the heat temperature, and they were down. That's the other thing is they are down facing, so you don't get the light out and up yeah, that those. attracts a lot of insects. So those I'm, were cool. I'm here for that. Another trend in lighting is this kind of organic sculpture, like a lot of kind of kind of I don't know what different materials like cast concrete or like real plastery kind plastery of plastery mm-hmm. or like metal, like rough metals, but they look like something that would just stand in the corner as standalone sculpture, but then they had embedded LED lighting strips or... Yeah. But kind of like this, I don't know how to even explain it, just organic shapes, like not sharp edges anywhere. That, yeah. So And so to bounce off of that in furniture, it I've seen a lot of vendors with pieces that I don't know how to describe it other than bulbous like mm. type of shape where it was like puffy. It was a rect it was a rectangular prism, but then we just puffed it up a little and round and all the edges rounded out and puffed out a little. And that that sort of quality of it is showing up. And I think it's a really nice softness that it can add to a room uh-huh. to see pieces like that. A lot of softness for sure. I think a little bit of it's playing on the 70s, but I also wonder like psychologically if we're just all ready for some goddamn ease in our life. I don't want to hit my shit on anything. We've uh, had yeah, a like rough a few years. Let's just have soft, softness. rounded, eased edges. I really, I mean, I like it because you can balance it in spaces where like the construction, I like for me, it's when you think about like how rough new construction can be and be boxy and take away like a lot of character, but it's really nice to imagine a piece of furniture that softens all of that new sharp boxiness sometimes. Yeah. So the balance possibilities are really great. And I like that vendors are doing it instead of it having to be like 100% custom work that there are pieces out there that now have that. Yeah. I think we just all want comfort. We're... Was travertine the 70s? Because it was the early 2000s also, but was it also the 70s? Or was that another era? I don't, I don't think so. I think in it mid-century, came in, we had it. There was like the 60s had a lot of construction in with the, travertine. Not in the way it's we're seeing it, oh, though, no. here. No, it was like columns in commercial buildings would be travertine in the 60s. and Yeah, and in the 90s, it was obviously the floors everywhere and trying to be that... Yeah, late nerd. Italian. Late nineties, early aughts was definitely the Mediterranean fantasy. But we're seeing, I mean, a lot in lighting. Tables. Tables, yeah. Tables. But with so like monolithic type of stuff where it's just here's the stone, it's beautiful. Look at the stone, but also mix of wood and the travertine is always beautiful. Like little inset tabletops where mm. it's just like or the a bases are wood. change of material. Yeah, I think still that mix of stone and wood is happening. Like marble is still kind of everywhere, but it is kind of more unique. There's definitely more colorful stone. I'm so glad you said that. You're welcome. (laughs) 
because it is. There's been some surprising. Ooh, this is green marble. This is orange. This is. There's some cool. really beautiful stones. A lot that of have, movement and just like that. Can you imagine, like at the Marble Producers of America meeting or something, and they're all just like looking at these, and they're oh, like, we're going to get rid of this shit. Yeah, what do these we do with this two orange? Two straps. We have this quarry that has big veins of green in it. What are we going to do with it? And they're just like waiting on all of us to want it. I want it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I'm seeing more color in a lot of pieces. I think side tables had a lot of color. Mm-hmm. Yes, in colorful stone, but also glass. There's like, some blown glass stuff. That stuff was, yeah. It, I'm not going to sit or put a lot of weight on them. I'm a big boy, but I appreciate the sculptural quality to it. I sit on and like, a side table though. No, but like that one we saw at Schwang had a velvet, it had like a little cushion and it was like tough it on it. It looked like it was saying, like, please, you should sit here. And I'm like, I but it, that one was vintage. So that was like small. Was it? it was small vintage? vintage people. I think so. I, look, I mean, it looked really new, but I, I believe you. It could be in great shape. But. but also a lot of glass, like thick kind of Coke bottle glass, but in like amber colors or like little side tables with big chunky Chunk. glass tops, like inch thick. And in fairness, this is like the stuff that catches our eye. I know if if another designer came, they might see a totally different trend. Yeah, they're like, oh my God, everything was coastal. I wouldn't say there's a coastal trend though. A lot of vendors have things that you could put in your beach house, like a rope chandelier. I think for sure, like a lot of this is part of what could be that regionally, a lot of people like that sort of like traditional Southern patterned or coastal aesthetic. And so, yeah, they make sure they show that's all here. We're just telling you guys what we think is like standout from some of that because there still is a lot of traditional. I I don't know if this is a trend. I just been feeling like I kind of want it to slow down a little bit is the, there are a lot of like vendors, not calling anyone out, but there's people who are just like, all we do, everything we make with this is distressed. It's all mm-hmm. aged. It's all imperfect. And the problem I have with it is they're starting with pieces that aren't imperfect and making them look imperfect. So that way, this is my hot take, Rebecca. Mm. They're doing it so they can avoid damage claims <laughs> because they want pieces that are like, well, it's supposed to be, it's character, it's charm, it's supposed to be distressed and old looking and whatever. And so that way, when they're in shipping and they didn't package it appropriately, and it gets a ding or a dent, they're like, oh, yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, but the finish is still like, not going to match. I just, I, I don't know. Am I getting, like, I feel like it's an, I feel old being like, mm. why would I buy something that already has ripped up and damaged? Like when you're like, you had your like vintage denim, you know, and my mom was like, why would you spend money on a ripped up jeans? And it was like, it's the look, be quiet. And now I feel like I'm turning into my mother, but with furniture where it's like, why are you buying a beautiful white oak table that has been purposely distressed and is not vintage or old? I just think there's a good way of doing it and a bad way of doing it. Forehands, for instance, they had some pieces that look, it's like their heritage kind of look. They're more traditional, but they... Yeah, but some of those were like from reclaimed No, but they also said they intentionally... Yes, but some of the other sideboards and stuff look very... Sustained very variations were oh, intentional. Yeah, like, like someone had been touching but that spot they for put a, a decade. Them, yeah, and, yeah, on yeah. the corners where you would be touching the door or they made the wear look really 
yeah, intentionally I, place like an old piece would happen. I think some people will always want those pieces that feel like they have character or whatever. I I don't want to take a brand new dining table that looks like someone took a 10 pound chain and hit the top of it. I, randomly. Yeah, and maybe that's a part of what I'm just like, this doesn't look like that. But then you see these beautiful wire brushed wood finishes where it helps open up the graining. And I or think... Ceruse? Well, because the ceruse comes when they add the pigment into that. And that I think is just so beautiful every time I see it. So that I can stay on board with. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're on board. The other thing that I'm seeing in a lot more showrooms, like in upholstery, I remember when we were first here, there were only a couple, we were like really excited to be on more of an East Coast, in an East Coast environment and market, seeing some of the dressmaker details, contrast welts Mm -hmm. with, you know, different unique combinations or fringe, bullion fringe or something on a sofa, which we don't do a lot in California. Yeah. But I, yesterday I saw quite a few hooker had a lot on their floor Mm -hmm. and those weren't, you know, super traditional or yeah they weren't like they weren't looking. like your Mima's sofa type of thing no but. they were like cool kind of lounge looking mid-century pieces that had some contrast welds yeah that or like buttons that were just a little bit of a different fabric and it just looked really cool I'm up for the adventure I'm hopeful that we can encourage clients to just do something different because we've talked to other vendors where they're like yeah you know 80 percent of people just buy something taupe and what a missed opportunity. I know all the designers are crying about that. So, Yeah. Okay. We talked a little bit about color. Any other colors that you are or aren't seeing? Mm-hmm. I don't think... I think blue is finally not the most prevalent color when a line uses color. I feel like I've seen, if I see blue, it's been like more of a medium tone blue versus a navy or like a jewel version. I've seen a lot of that cadet blue on things. What's ca- Wait, what's cadet blue? It's like a mid-tone gray blue, like not baby blue. To look at the Crayola box oh, or something. What's... I didn't... Uh, let me think of the... Let me think of a... I mean, I've been seeing, I call it French blue, but that's not a color, but that I've been seeing pieces that are in that sort of, I don't know what to officially call that. I it's like we're a light, talking about the same thing. It's like a, it's baby blue, but with a gray undertone. Mm-hmm. So it's not, okay. Is that cadet yeah, blue? Yeah, but not pastel. Okay. Cadet blue. Yeah. Okay. And then some, a lot of rusts are happening. Everyone is, in my dreams, everyone is searching for the perfect rusty, reddish brown, orangey, camo like chameleon type of color like not brick not maroon not orange not brown no somewhere in the mid that perfect is that like my new like that mohair sofa we saw yesterday oh my god (laughs) and celadon like that lighter gray green color i think is happening a lot and it's like the antithesis of the, what year was that? When we had the like aqua, everyone was doing that tealy aqua color. That was like early aughts, wasn't it? Yeah. Was or everywhere. like a sage. It's, it's not, it's, it's like not a, that, yeah. 
cousin of sage, but it's it's more chic and there's usually like some sort of variance. Cousin of it. sage is also my new drag name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's there's something you can't capture unless you're here of finding out what catches your eye. And I think that's part of the fun is there are some rooms, some showrooms and places you go into that you're just like, scan, scan, nothing, nothing, nothing. Ooh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh. And so that's part of the fun for me is, but it's also part of the emotional. Oh God, I'm so tired. I've seen so much beauty. I can't possibly handle anymore. I know. And it's been kind of funny because we tend to like to poke around ourselves and we've had a few experiences where they're like, we have press badges this time, which is a little bit different. They, they either, we don't care about you or they want to give you the razzle dazzle. Yeah. And there was one showroom where we were like, we were trying to just power through. But when the rep took us through, he actually showed us some really cool stuff with the powered nightstands and adding like electrical to some of the furniture yeah. in unique ways. Yeah. And I wouldn't, it was like, we would never have looked. You guys, like the nightstand top would slide forward. So if you were like in your bed and you put your pillows behind you so you could be on your laptop, you could slide the top of the nightstand forward so you could have your stuff closer to where you were now positioned instead of like back by the headboard. And then it, they also had the drawer underneath it would pull forward so you could have your devices charging in it, but they weren't sitting on top of it and they had power in the actual nightstand. So you didn't have to be running like cords and cables all over the place. They would have, you just basically plug in the nightstand and then there's power and USB connections and all that inside of it, which was very smart. Yeah. The headboards had little or power strips on the sides too, but like hidden... Hidden USB connections. And hidden and little light low panels. I don't know. It was cool. So that's just a little PSA to like, sometimes it does help to let guide you, let the salespeople sell you. I know. Yeah. I was so surprised when he did that because the nothing they had, they did say there was like a little card that was describing what they did, but there's nothing like watching it move and do its thing where you're like, ooh, that's Or they know. They know what to show you that we haven't seen before. Yeah. So that was fascinating. I think, yeah, trust that some of your sales reps want to show you good things and new things. But also, come on, let's get all the nightstand manufacturers to give us some hidden plugs. Or at least pre-drill some locations for me to put plugs and things in. It can't hurt. It can't hurt, but then you just have a janky strip power strip inside your drawer, which is better than the 14 things I have hanging over I the know, drawer now. Or I'm like putting baskets on open shelves and nightstands to try to hide the fact that inside of it is a bunch of stuff that's charging. They need like, to have CPAP portals. I mean, that's a reality. Yeah. I'm honestly, I'm the number of people who come out of the word work every time, like I talk about Sean, my husband having sleep apnea. And everyone's, oh my God, so do I, or so does my spouse, or so do, like, I got a sleep study and I had no idea. And I'm like, so first of all, like anybody, go get a sleep. If you, if you have had energy problems, you feel exhausted. My doctor told me, I didn't know this. My doctor told me that having like really heavy, like puffy bags under your eyes is a sign that you have sleep apnea potentially. And so he Mm -hmm. pays attention to patients when he sees that he'll ask them, 
how often you feel tired or whatever. And then he'll recommend a sleep study just in case because some people think, oh, I don't, it's not that bad. I don't have a problem. They don't even realize because it's been happening so long. They just think, I'm just old and tired. And it's like, yeah, you've adapted. Newsflash. We're not all supposed to feel exhausted, even if you're older. You don't have to be that old or that tired. You don't have to be exhausted. You're just not getting sleep. Like, so, but I you mean, don't know, like, when your max energy is at 60%, you don't know what it feels yeah, like, like anymore. To yeah, be like a great it. night's sleep is two hours, and you're just like, oh, wow, I feel fantastic. There's a better possibility. So, get a sleep study if you've been feeling at your down and outs. Like, and furniture vendors make some more adapted pieces. Yeah, I love it. I've been having, I don't know, we've had, you can't tell us not to have fun at market. We're going to have fun. We're going to go to happy hour tonight. Have a great time. Have a great meal. We're going to have a good dinner tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, till next time, stay hot, designers. Thanks for listening to the Hot Young Designers Club podcast. For more on what we talked about today, check out the show notes. Your support helps us grow, so share with your design besties. And subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Our conversations continue on Instagram. And be sure to download our monthly resources on our website and our Patreon. 